This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Dominski, and today I am speaking with Ed Fordyce. Ed is a trainer, speaker, and founder of the Inspire Tribe, whose mission is to inspire people to wake up excited, go to bed fulfilled, and live their dreams in between. He's been in the real estate industry working with agents since 2004. Having personally recruited and trained over a thousand agents, he currently coaches and mentors producers with an average version of $40 million. I said average version. I meant average volume. <laughs> I'm telling you, this audio is, is killing me. Uh, anyway, Ed, thanks for sitting down. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great, brother. <laughs> I'm here in Margate, New Jersey, two blocks from the beach. Life is good, man. Awesome. Awesome. That's sweet. So what I want to talk about today, things buyers and sellers should be considering when choosing their real estate agent. There's a lot of stuff we hear from the agents themselves, but it's not very often you get someone who's familiar with the industry who can give you a third-party view, uh, outsider view of what to look for. Um, and I figured since we're talking, you have a lot of experience with agents. You've met and worked with, recruited, and trained over a thousand agents. So I want to hear your perspective on what a buyer or a seller should be looking for, what questions they should be asking when it comes to hiring someone for themselves. Um, so first of all, tell me a little bit about your history in real estate and kind of the, the area, the role that you've played in the industry. Yeah, cool. So I was a restaurant owner with three little kids and I decided it's, uh, it's time for me to make a career change. This is not the business that I want to be in anymore. And got my real estate license in 2004 uh, this is going to be like the Reader's Digest version. Oh, yeah. Did a whole, whole bunch of business um, uh, for a few years and then decided, hey, what's what's next? And uh, that's when I transitioned into a leadership role as a coach, a recruiter, and, um, you know, went on that mission um, for, I guess, the last 13 years-ish. <laughs> and... Um, <clears throat> just recently stepped out of uh, all of those roles and uh, and uh, started doing my own thing as far as training, coaching, mentoring, speaking, and um, loving it, man. And uh, gosh, by now, I think I've had over, <sighs> over 15,000 coaching or recruiting sessions. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, all right. So in your opinion, what are some of the, like, First of all, what's the most important thing to someone who's looking to work with an agent? Um, like overall, bird's eye view, what is someone really looking for in an agent? And then we'll narrow it down on what that really looks like and how they can find it. Yeah, sure. You know what? I thought about this. Mm -hmm. And what I tell uh, uh, consumers is pick your agent like you would pick a surgeon. Mm-hmm. Right. Like uh, I think one mistake that that uh, that the consumer makes is, you know, this is a, this is a, this is a big deal. And they sort of treat it like, you know, they're going to buy jelly at the at the, uh, you know, at the supermarket and anybody can help them pick jelly out. Right. It's not mm -hmm. quite like that. So at first, I would say, like, the mindset of the consumer is, you know, this is uh, picks, you know, 
pretend like you're picking a surgeon. Somebody's going to perform surgery on you. It's that vital. It's that important. Um, and then go ahead, keep asking questions. Well, I was just going to say, um, I mean, with a surgeon, I, I feel like a lot of it comes down to experience, but experience can mean multiple different things. So, uh, you know, I, in my, it's funny when I talk about like, like when you're looking for a surgeon's experience, you're going to be looking for education. You're going to be looking for a number of surgeries, uh, maybe time in the, in the industry. Um, and, but the, those aren't always mutually, they, they don't always mean the same thing. So someone could have a lot of time in the industry and have a very long perspective, but not have done a large volume of deals or not done a lot of the deals of, of what, like the kind that you're about to, about to do. Um, so I, you know, so experience, I feel like is very important. Um, maybe more so than education, although it all kind of comes together though. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, and, and I'll give some exact things that mm -hmm. a consumer can do and ask. Uh, you know, I know uh, only, only because some of the people uh, that I have mentored who maybe have one year of experience and six sales or 12 sales under their belt actually know more about a certain neighborhood, they're more of an expert in the agreement of sale than somebody has 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll ask, uh, and this is uh, reflected on the PA agreement of sale, but like I, I can ask agents a lot of times, hey, just quick question, pop, pop quiz. Um, you're representing uh, a buyer and tomorrow is settlement uh, or three days from now a settlement mm -hmm. and the house that they're buying burns down, <laughs> right? How are you going to, uh, what's that conversation going to sound like to your buyer? Right. And about, I'm going to say as high as 90% of the agents, we're going to say, well, obviously we got our deposit money back. And we walk, right? No, that's not, that's not what the agreement says. Right. Right. Um, and that sounds, and you're, you're really good at, you know, what you do and you were trained really well and you know that, but believe it or not, like 80% of the agents have no clue. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, of course, you know, the best thing, that an agent could always say is let's let's look at the agreement of sale, mm -hmm. see what it says. But just off the top of uh, you know, um, you know, experience. It's nice to have it, but it's not always great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's really funny because I can't help but wonder what would I say in that situation? <laughs> what does the agreement of sale actually says? So and that's, that's why one of the questions that a consumer, mm -hmm. if I'm the consumer, I'm going to ask, uh, and I didn't ask this when I bought a home in Florida mm -hmm. and um, it clearly, it clearly, I, I was not represented well. Mm -hmm. Um 
But one of the questions they want to ask would be, you know, do you, the agent, consider yourself an expert in the agreement of sale? Mm -hmm. So what makes an expert in the agreement of sale? Is this someone who has studied it and learned it from an uh, academic level, or is this someone who has experience with it? Or could it be however they receive the expertise as long as they have it? You know what? I would say both. Yeah. But wouldn't you, like, wouldn't we expect someone that's ha handling our 200, 300, 500, 800, 1.25 million dollar? Wouldn't we expect, after all, they're licensed, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> uh, the consumer, uh, um, uh, I would believe, like, you know, I haven't had my hair cut in a long time, but because the state offers a license to a hairdresser, mm -hmm. I'm going to assume that they know what they're doing because mm -hmm. the state gave them a license, you know? And when we get licensed, it has nothing to do with representing the client. Right. Nothing to do with being an expert in the agreement of sale. Mm hmm. So I forget your question because I just finished like a 25 ounce cup of coffee. <laughs> no, it's yeah, it, it's it's it, it's it's you know if I'm if I'm helping you buy a house, right, and it's a five hundred thousand dollar home for I think the average sale price, my average sale price years ago was four hundred four thousand. Right. So if I help you buy a home for four hundred thousand, I'm going to get paid about twelve grand to do that. Mm hmm. Right. I, I better know what that contract says. I may not have to recite it, but I better be prepared with, you know, if this happens with septic, what your options are. If this happens in the inspection, this is what your options are. Uh, what's the best way to set you up financially and let the professionals handle that? So, yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't do it as an yeah. industry. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and I feel like it's a little, it, it's kind of comforting when you're working with someone who can just say like, oh, well, yeah, you know, because of, you know, 27B, you don't, like that's something that you don't have to worry about or that's something you shouldn't have to worry about is a better way of putting that. Um, or, you know, stuff like that. Now, it, it feels kind of insider baseball. It might be a little overwhelming if you're not communicating it correctly. But just the fact that an agent knows the agreement of sale, like you said, doesn't have to recite it. But, you know, if they could, that wouldn't hurt. Um, I, you know, in my experience, I feel like there's a lot of cases where you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, those are just the notes or, or that's like you don't have to worry about that. It's like, well, you're signing it. You, you don't have to worry about it. But, you know, someone someone should kind of kind of know what it says. Um, now, granted, at this on the same hand, it's easy to get it's easy to kind of glance over things because it's so standardized and so many people use it that, um, but those things that you skip over there are still in there. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. And it's interesting because it's not something that I think is really addressed in the industry. You know, um, a lot of, a lot of consumers might not even know like, okay, so the agreement of sale is basically the offer when you, when you make an, when you make an offer, you're doing it on the agreement of sale. Um, that's just another term for the, the contract that you make your offer on. So that's another thing. Like, like we say, we say agreement of sale, we say AOS, we may, you know, or, or whatever the standard agreement of sale to a consumer, they're going to say a bid, they're going to say an offer. Um, they might, you know, they might actually 
not even you know we might not even realize that they're using completely different terms than than we are um and so they're not even sure to ask that question because they didn't even know that was the official word for it you know yeah and with that i would say the consumer has to it would be a good idea for them to again i know um I would always give my clients a mm-hmm. uh, copy of a blank agreement of sale. And mm-hmm. I say, do yourself a favor, like go over this, read it. Now is the time to ask me questions. It's not when we're actually putting the offer together. That is mm-hmm. a good time to ask questions. So mm-hmm. do your, yourself a favor, do a little education, uh, read, read over it, um, bring up a list of questions, the what ifs. Uh, because when we're writing the deal that happens, you know, a lot of times we're writing the, the offer at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> like I gave them three questions. <laughs> this mm-hmm. is just because when we, uh, I would tell them when we go to write the offer, you're allowed to ask me three questions. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and that's, um, you know, that's a great point because the question is like, do you want 10 o'clock at night when you fell in love with the house and you're, terrified you're not going to get it should that be the first time that you're reading the agreement of sale that you're about to sign and and ideally no ideally you already have some sort of understanding of what what you the information that you're going to have to put down and the decisions that you're going to have to make in that moment before that gets sent over correct yeah Yeah. awesome cool so so being an expert in the agreement of sale what is something else that the consumer should be asking or focused on yeah and i get a lot of this probably depends a lot on specific markets what's the market like you know for every year it's probably a little bit different but ideally ideally you would want someone that is an expert in that township in that town in that neighborhood on that road right like that would be perfect um and, and there's some agents out there that that's their business. They will only sell in this borough and they know every house, every street, uh, because mm-hmm. it's different. You know, I learned that coming to the Jersey Shore. Like, you know, I would always like joke around and be like, uh, yeah. And, and when we get licensed, we learn about repairing rights. Like when are you <laughs> ever going to use them? Right. Well, now that I'm near water, it's like, no, no it's <laughs> a big deal. I'm like, whoa, how about right. that? And uh, so, you know, that, that would be number one. Like, are, are, are they, <clears throat> do they know, you know, mm-hmm. do they know? And I, I know I, I, in the past I sold, uh, it was actually Radley run. Mm-hmm. And because all of the homes there are, um, Unionville Chadsford School District, right? The comps I pulled, Unionville Chadsford, Unionville Chadsford. Mm-hmm. Common sense would tell you the whole development is Unionville Chadsford. That's a fair assumption. Uh-huh. It's an educated assumption. Well, I list this house and I put it Unionville Chadsford School District. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I put that and it wasn't. Oh man. So, you know, I wasn't now, you know, now knowing that I could say whatever it was, country club lane between 1250 and 1350, 
the addresses, those are Westchester school districts. Like now I know better, but uh, you know, it could have been, it could have been messy, but yeah. So uh, you don't have to give me too many details, but uh, were you able to adjust your mistake before it got too out of hand? Well, what happened was um, the buyer uh-huh. It's like, well, we don't, we could care less. We don't care. We actually are wow. buying this house as a midway point for uh-huh. our kids. We have kids that live in New York and we have kids that live in whatever, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. This is a midway point. That's the only reason why we're buying this $600,000 home. <laughs> God, yeah. Somebody watches over me, man. Oh yeah, I was gonna say, man. That's I don't even. That's a little bit more than luck because I'm pretty sure that if someone bought, if someone made an offer based off of a specific school district, you would have spent a good time in court. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and honestly, it sounds crazy, but that's not even the first time I've heard that story. Uh, wow. I was. I was actually talking to my neighbor and he told me, he's like, yeah, when we moved into this house, we thought we were in a different school district and I didn't, you know, he just moved in. I I didn't want to like, I didn't want to embarrass him. So I didn't really push it too hard, but I was just kind of like, who the heck was your real estate agent? Like, like I, I was thinking like, that's, that's basically malpractice. If, if a client doesn't even, if they, if they're under the impression they're in a different school district, I I'm sorry, but that, there has to be some sort of responsibility on the agent there. Like that is just so basic there um, for like a buyer's agent, especially um, now, obviously the other thing to, to note is that it's still on the buyer. I say that, but you know, if you sign that contract, you're responsible for everything that's on that contract, not the real estate agent who handed it to you. Uh, I mean, as, as far as I know, I'm not a lawyer. This isn't legal advice, but just in general, if you sign something, make sure you know what you're signing. Yeah. Not legal advice, <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. just just saying that. So, but yeah, so I mean, it, it does sound good. Now, honest, like you don't need someone who lives in the actual neighborhood that you're buying or in the neighborhood that you're you're selling, but you should have a, you should have someone who knows the area and the type of house that you're the uh, and transaction that you're dealing with, right? Thousand percent. Awesome. So, yeah. um, all right. So, what else? Uh, what else would be a good, uh, yeah, yeah, a thing that to check to look? You're looking, you're looking at their resume, you're looking at their marketing materials, or you're asking them directly in person. What would be another thing they should be thinking about? Yeah, they. Uh, I would say definitely get ask them for ten references, mm. and then just maybe pick three mm-hmm. and call those buyers or sellers, mm-hmm. and just ask them you know, Hey, what did you like most about working with Ed? Um, how was his communication? Was he responsive? Um, was there anything you didn't like about his style? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, one that'll get you pretty close to the truth is on a scale of one to 10, seven, not being an option. (laughs) Um, how highly, you know, where would you, where would you say you would highly recommend him? What's the number you would choose there mm-hmm. or rate him as a, as a professional? Yeah. How would you rate your satisfaction with him or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's known as a net, I think net promoter score, very common indicator, uh, you know, question that people ask. Yeah. Now. And I, I would also ask, I think what's, what's really important. I actually just did this with a client of mine. Yeah. 
Um, he, he, what I do with not all of my clients are real estate people, but a big portion of them are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they always like to hone their skills. You know, this agent happened to have, you know, is a, is a very good producer. He does 12 million. And uh, he did his listing presentation, right? And I, my job is to sort of critique it, pick it apart, give suggestions. And I said, like, one of the, one of the things was, like, you didn't really wow me. Like, you're, you're not any different than Joe Schmo or Sally Smith. Like, mm-hmm. so the question would be, what makes you different? What makes you unique? Or what makes the agent unique? What make what sets them apart strategy wise, not sales wise. I don't care if you sold 7 billion homes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I would like to see a, a real estate agent sell at least 20 homes a year. Like, and I'll go back to, you know, would, would you hire a heart surgeon that only did three operations this year? No, it's probably not a good idea. Just my opinion. but No, I really like that, yeah. Um, and then the last thing would be like the contract length. And again, this is market specific as well as maybe um, product specific. So if I'm listing your $10 million mansion, that's a lot different than a $250,000 home, like $250,000 home. I don't know. Depending on the market contract length, maybe a month, month to month, um, $10 million mansion with all the marketing that's going to go into that thing. You know, I would probably say expect as a consumer, no less than a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, but with a $250,000 home, like, I wouldn't sign anything right now for more, more than, in fact, I might not not even do a month. Mm. Right. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. In this market market. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've, I kind of feel like, you know, a month is basically a year in this market. So if it's been sitting on the market for a month and the price hasn't been reduced, then, uh, it, it's basically a stale listing. Um, if it's been three months, it's it's the equivalent of it's the equivalent of being on the market for three years. You know, in a yeah. previous in a previous market. Um, real quick, going back to what you were saying about asking them what makes them different. Uh, if you don't mind sharing, can you give any examples of things that you've heard agents yep. say and ways that you've seen agents answer that question? Yeah. So for me, it was very simple. I'm an expert in the agreement of sale. That's the document mm-hmm. that's going to get you paid at settlement. Mm-hmm. Ask me any question you want. Um, I have other agents that I coach that their thing is absolutely. Let me show you my photography. Mm-hmm. Here is a regular listing, same street. Here's my listing, same street. See how it pops out. You know the quality. That's something that's so overlooked. You know, and and like a lot of agents are just really lazy with it, man. <laughs> right. But it's yeah. really important. So, well, real quick, right there, some of that I also feel like there's like a form of like trauma from 2008 in that market. And you get some of these agents who've been around for a while, which is great. They have some experience, but they're they're also their their heads in this like, well, I, I can't 
I can't invest my time and energy into this listing because, you know, I, w- what if it doesn't sell? And if they, if, if that's holding them back, that's going to hurt you as a seller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean uh, to, to cut you off there. No, their, their social media presence. Yeah. Um, do they do video? Um, you know, I mean, God, I, I could go on and on and on, but I, I think put it this way. If, if I'm a consumer and I ask an agent, tell me what makes you different, what separates you from the rest of the 5,000 agents mm-hmm. in and around Chester County, uh, by the way, it might not be a bad idea to ask them if they're full-time. Um, I'll throw that in there. Are they a full-time agent or, you know, nothing wrong with it. We all start where we start. Right. But, you know, do you, you know, do you work at, uh, you know, the giant pushing carts during the day and then you're selling my home at night where you can't, right. there's nothing wrong with pushing carts, but if you can't answer calls during the day, yeah, you know that I want you selling my house, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's your, what's your availability? Or even if it's like, even, even if you don't want to say like, are you part-time or are you full-time? Cause that's a little too confrontational, but just saying like, what is your availability during the day? You know, if there is something that comes up, um, you don't want to, you don't want to be halfway through the process and find out, Oh, they can't answer the phone between nine and five because they have another job, you know? So. Yep. Yeah, but the, uh, if you ask your agent, or an agent that if I'm a consumer and I ask an agent, what separates you from the rest? What makes mm-hmm. you different? And they can't answer that. Probably want right. to move on. Right. Right. Uh, now the other question, uh, kind of, kind of related to that is like, how much effort do you feel like someone should put into this decision, uh, compared to how much you see people actually, actually doing it? actually putting forth that effort because because you're putting out some great ideas uh there's part of me that's thinking like yeah but who's really going to do that you know (laughs) well i think if they have the right questions to ask like you know i I remember a while ago i forget what what engine work we were having done but maria was like hey you think you should watch the mechanic work on the car and i'm like why like i i have no clue i don't even know where the spark plug is i know how to change the oil if i had to yeah that's about it so you know some of these savvy you know i I laugh at how goofy the interviews are we're going to interview five real estate agents really why what are you going to ask them right 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 so um I, i would say you know that those you know, just, just ask some relevant questions. And to me, it's cool to see their marketing, Mm -hmm. but man, like I'm fairly certain that marketing is cool, but if I'm being brutally honest to a consumer, especially Mm -hmm. right now in this market, and it's going to change and it's already changing, so hold on tight. I'm getting flashbacks to 2006 right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the MLS sells your house. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, the marketing, yeah, that's cool. More exposure. Yeah. All that's great. For the most part, you know, another agent's going to see it who has a buyer or, or vice versa. And... Um, 
you know, and, and I would say like, there's uh, and I'll just throw this out there. Uh, you know, if anybody watching this, like has questions, they could call you or me, right. uh, but I'm not really a fill. I'm not, not really, I'm not affiliated with any real estate company. So I love, I just helped the person in down here at the shore, get their mm -hmm. household. I didn't sell it, but I hooked them up with, you know, a great agent in this area. And I know agents in every nook and cranny right. of, of these states. So you might want to, you know, you might want to talk to other professionals too. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So, well, that's, that's another thing too. Uh, you know, agents are probably more than willing to show you to, to, to give you their vendor list. So you can talk to the, the mortgage people that they're going to recommend, the title company they recommend, the home inspectors they, they recommend. Now, at a certain point, you're in the middle of a deal. You're not going to be interviewing four different home inspectors, but it's good to see that ahead of time and kind of get an idea of who they work with and who they recommend and uh, kind of maybe get their impression of the agent as well. Yep. Yep. Um, and yes. Something, yeah. And something too, Sean, like, in, mm -hmm. I don't know that you, we can actually help a consumer figure this out mm -hmm. if we if we if you and i brainstormed about it for 10 minutes we could but another important thing is the agent that's representing you has to be well liked and respected by their peers yeah you know there's agents that i coach that i talk to other agents and are like oh my gosh you coach him Oh, he is such a joy to work with. I love selling his listings or I love when he brings me a buyer. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So. And, and that kind of goes back to like, you know, if, if you're not getting a good feeling, then there's a chance that the, that the marketplace is also going to get that feeling too. So mm -hmm. now granted, it's not foolproof. It's, it's, it's like a lead that you follow up on type of thing, but you know, Trust. There's there's something to be said about trusting your gut as well. Yeah. So yeah, really appreciate that. Sure. All right, Ed. Well, you know that's really good. I hope that that helps some people. Uh, and, and really, my goal is to kind of provide some clarity. And, and honestly, like there's a million different viewpoints on this. So what we're saying isn't necessarily the absolute truth and the, the only things that you need to worry about. We're just giving you some things to kind of consider as you, as you're thinking about buying or selling your home um, and just some things to keep in mind, you know? So uh, real quick, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Um, where can they find more of you? Yep. Uh, either edfordice.com or uh, email me, theinspiredtribe at gmail.com. Or call me, text me, 610-246-6852. Or call you and then, you know. Yeah, I'll put that, yeah, I can definitely put you guys in touch with uh, with Ed. Just hit us up on hrealtypa.com slash podcast. And I'll see you guys there. Awesome. Thanks, Ed. Thanks for listening. This has been the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. Brought to you by Remax Ace Realty. Serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found. 
This episode is brought to you by Remax Ace Realty in Downingtown, PA. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, we have a real estate expert for you. Search for homes or contact an agent at acerealtypa.com.